0: Hi! Welcome to Ruin My Life, a podcast about forcing your friends to like the things you like. I'm Jason Edwards.
1: I'm Kelsey Goldman.
0: And we have a guest with us today, don't we, Kelsey?
1: We do! We do. Exciting. It's been a while since we've had a guest.
0: We have a guest, our friend, Aaron Resnick. Hello. Genre TV addict. And... I'm sorry, what did you say you wanted us to say? <laughs> I've already forgotten. I
2: think it was genre-loving TV addict. Oh,
0: man. Well, I condensed <laughs> it into the worst possible version. Forgive me. Uh, I mean,
2: just... I am a genre TV addict, so. Oh, there you go. We're yeah. sticking with it.
0: Same. Erin, welcome to the show.
2: Thank you for having me.
0: Thank you for, <laughs> please. Thank you for coming on to our show. <laughs> uh, we're here to talk about The Vampire Diaries.
2: Exciting.
0: A show about vampires. And,
2: and, and some other stuff. And and... witches and werewolves and <laughs> hybrids <laughs> and tribrids.
0: A show not so much about diaries also.
2: No, no, maybe one or two diaries. Yeah,
1: I was very pleased when the actual diary entries were done away with. <laughs> um, they try to bring it back
2: in like later seasons as like a nod, but it, it's like.
0: But <laughs> they they ditched the narration pretty early on, and they bring yeah. it back later.
2: Yeah, I mean, it lasts as uh, as long you know as Damon turning into a crow lasts.
0: I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Before we get too carried away, Erin, uh, would you mind giving us a brief capsule summary of yes. maybe the premise of the Vampire Diaries or the original premise? Yes. That sort of, sort of branches off into some directions.
2: Too many directions. Um, so premise is a girl named Elena, a teenager who is just uh, she's just lost her parents in a horrific car crash, and she is reeling from that grief, and she is returning to school. And a mysterious hot man because he's not a boy or a teen. He is a man. <laughs> he comes. He's like two
1: hundred years old. <laughs> yeah, he's like
2: two hundred years old, and also like looks like he's like thirty one at that point. Um, did they even
0: do the like the Twilight thing where he's like um he's like he's like has the body of a seventeen year old or did they even? allude to that at any point? Uh,
2: No. Okay. No, he, I mean like he gets shirtless many times and you can tell he is not, he does not have the body of a 17 year old. But he comes to town and he must know Elena because she reminds him of someone from his past and he harbors a mysterious dark secret and that secret is, he is a vampire. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> and then his brother Damon comes to town and him and Damon have a tiff they have not spoken in many years debated how many years that's been but <laughs> it's been many apparently and um they basically spend a lot of time arguing over elena and then elena falls in love with both of them at various points of the show and you know it's just a lot of vampires a lot of sex a lot of supernatural sex and a lot of hot teen drama
1: we go to the CW for the Perfect. hot teen drama.
0: Yeah, it ran on the CW, much like a perennial favorite of this podcast, The Hundred.
1: Yeah,
0: it ran from. I'm just. I just have the Wikipedia page up right here, so please. <laughs> <A couple laughs> feel feel free to jump in if anything this is, uh, is incorrect. Uh, it ran from. 2009 to 2017. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. So good. I thought yeah. it
1: ended way before then. No, no it was eight, eight seasons. seasons. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: eight, eight great years. So well, that's like,
1: years of yeah. the
2: 100. I started my junior year of college, and it ended like I was already living in New York and like <laughs> had an established career. Wow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and
0: just to give a little bit more context to, to me and Kelsey's experience with the show before we really get into it, uh, you assigned us 16 episodes, mm-hmm. sort of scattered throughout the first three seasons. To give us a a general impression of the show, and I think you mentioned one of your goals was to introduce us to some of the more interesting characters. Mm -hmm. And I guess you, I guess you also want to give us an impression of what the show is like and how much, and how much stuff really happens in this thing. So (laughs) we we should mention these are these are uh, like twenty two, twenty three episode seasons. This is a full season of TV.
2: I really hope it all made sense in the end.
0: <laughs> uh, no, I'm gonna say no, but also, no. but also Fair. yes. Yes. <laughs> my my main issue is that I, I because we didn't get I think I think on the whole your selections were very good. Yeah. Because it did give me a good sense of what it is like to watch the show. It made me wish I had watched it mm-hmm. when it was on. I, I I can't say it made me want to watch the entire thing now. Although we'll see. I don't know. I've kind of felt a taste for it. Uh, ooh, there's a metaphor in there somewhere, but I'm, not, I'm gonna leave that be. That's that's too hacky. We're not gonna go in that direction right now. Maybe later if I run out of things to say. But I, I got the impression of like what it must have felt like to watch it over the course of eight years. Mm-hmm. Did you watch it when it was airing, like yes. like from the beginning?
2: Yes, I did. Yeah. I actually, if you want to get technical about it, I um, to give a little background, I have always been very obsessed with vampires in general. Um, I grew up watching vampire movies and TV shows. My favorite movie since I was seven has been The Lost Boys. Um, <laughs> okay. okay. And um, so there's, some, there's some history here. Yeah. I saw um, I saw like Interview with the Vampire for the first time when I was like six. So I, Oh my just, God. Yeah, That's
0: so young
1: to yeah. see that movie. Yeah. How how deep were you in the Twilight thing? So
2: when it first came out like the books, I was pretty deep in it because I it was like a good age for me to have been in it. Yeah, I mean, um and but I think I was like obsessed, air quotes obsessed for like 6 months and then I was like this is lame. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um and then I took it it's for compelling, what it was. Yeah. But it's lame. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then I went from like really loving it to just like making fun of it. Um I was actually a part of a live journal community. Yes. I'm dating myself. Oh, here we go. No, this this is it. This, this, is, this
1: is our bread. This <laughs> is your sorry.
2: Um, <laughs> I was I was part of a live journal community that was solely like it was really popular but like solely based off of like hating Twilight originally. <laughs> and then it like stemmed into this like whole community of people that just like got along and talked on the internet all the time.
1: Sounds right. It's nice. Yeah. That's
2: yeah. that's
0: maybe the most positive thing fandom can do. Yeah. Is just bring people together and it's form true. communities. The most negative thing you can do is any number of things. <laughs> yes. Yeah.
2: <laughs> My favorite thing about Vampire, um, just media, is always flashbacks. So I saw the Vampire Diaries oh. in their like sixth episode was doing a flashback episode, and I hadn't watched it yet, and I was like, yeah. So I like binged the first six, and then it was week week to week there on out for eight years. <laughs>
1: I can see how that's compelling.
0: I mean, the show is, is, the impression I got of it from the episodes you gave us is that I'm really impressed by how well it's built. And you can tell that just from the early goings, like in the first few episodes of season one that you gave us, like, it's already, it's really burning through the the, the plot you think it's going to be about, which is like, you know, these two, these two like smoldering hot vampires and the woman who's sort of in love with both of them. (laughs) And they have like, you know, a tortured history, but it's already like setting up like, There are witches. Mm -hmm. There are, like, other vampires. There's magic items that sort of pass between people and cause conflicts. And there's also, you know, there's just romantic relationships and, like, family bonds between people and sort of, you know, just different types of conflicts that can arise out of those things. And really, I got got a good sense of how it could generate enough plot to last for eight seasons. Yes. Because it really, you have to... And again, like, 22-episode seasons of, like, serialized content is not a not easy to do there's
1: a reason not many people do it anymore
0: no it's and it's very it, it's it's soap opera-esque and i of course mean that in the best way we are not anti-soap opera on this show in the slightest but in the sense that it's you know a soap opera has to be built like that so they can go on potentially forever yeah like uh, to compare it to like the hundred for instance has those sort of elements but it's kind of you can tell at certain points that it is
1: It has to reinvent its premise like every season to continue. Whereas the Vampire Diaries, for all
0: that it introduces, doesn't seem to at least, you know, we're only we only watched through parts of season three, has the same general premise. It's not like, you know, in the 100, they literally blow up the entire world at the end of season four,
1: at the end of every season, basically. They they reset the entire like surface
0: of the planet like once a year, yeah, because Mm -hmm. they have to do that to keep the show going, yeah. Whereas this show is like, hey, we got we got teens, we got vampires. And they're all in a mix together. And you know what? Let's just get going. And we're going to roll for as long as we can.
2: <laughs> yeah. Even in um, season, I guess it was six, uh, when, spoiler alert, Nina debrev decided to leave the show. Um, and she was off of it for about two seasons. It didn't actually lose. But she came back. She, she came back for the very last episode.
1: Oh, just um, the last episode. Yeah. Oh, she okay. didn't
2: come back for any like arc or anything like that. But they, they still kept it about like the main like central arc of it which is really what they decided on because they l- lost Nino was the the relationship between these two brothers and what happens between them and around them at all times
1: which is like to me more compelling i so i hate love triangles because mm-hmm. most of the time a love triangle should just be a threesome it's fine <laughs> and i got so frustrated with this cuz it can't be in this mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> they, they got you <laughs> they got me <gasps> they, they 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 put you in an impossible trap and
1: like and i'm just or like i just i just think love triangles are stupid drama mm-hmm. and so like I, that was the most frustrating part about watching this for me because one neandoubra and paul wesley have zero chemistry <laughs> none
0: it's true and you see them with other actors and yeah, i mean like, I, I personally i'm 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 team damon uh, I mean
1: same. If I have to pick one, <laughs> yeah. same. cuz when I rewatched it I'm after Team Elena get out of there. Yeah.
2: Well, really Team Elena no one, but if I once I rewatched it all like a little older because I've rewatched this show a few times, not all the way through, but certain seasons, I was like, yeah, no. Damon forever.
1: I'm I'm definitely team like neither of them yeah. personally. But like I, there was one scene, I think it was in the second season where uh, Stefan is talking to Caroline because she's trying to distract him from whatever Elena's doing. And, like, they have better chemistry than him and Anina Dobrev. I was like, why? why is this the pairing? <laughs> well, I mean... Do you want to <laughs> know? I'm sure, the- I'm sure that goes somewhere at some point. Yeah. I'm sure they all sleep together at some point. Um,
2: Actually, um, in the very last season, Caroline and Stephanie get married. What? Um, whoa, whoa. But
0: Okay, so that's the kind of thing you can only get with a show that goes on for eight years and turns well, out 20 also- plus episodes a, a, a year. Well, that's the only way you can get to that Yeah. That, that's, that's great.
1: What I know about like the Vampire Diaries, because I'm on Tumblr, which is well known by this podcast, mm-hmm. is that like... Carol- I see Caroline a lot on my Tumblr, but also <laughs> Caroline and Klaus, which is very interesting. Mm-hmm. And, like, I'm pretty sure that's a ship I could get behind.
2: Um, that's a ship that most of us have gotten behind. And got- <laughs> it, unfortunately, um, they didn't take that anywhere too far because of the spinoff. But when they introduced them as a potential pairing in season three, the internet went wild like I have never seen so much discourse but like in a fandom than like the Claraline fans it's Claire that their ship name is Claraline um but I mean if you guys really don't mind me just completely spoiling the shit oh, out of me. spoil Bo- I, guess, Both... I guess
0: for any listeners, uh, we've already <laughs> soared well past this, but spoilers for the Vampire, <laughs> Diaries. Vampire. Okay. Diaries. And possibly uh, <laughs> uh, the other, I'm sorry, the Originals and, and Legacies, maybe.
2: <laughs> um, so, by the end of each of their respective shows so at the end of the vampire diaries stefan dies and then at the end of the originals klaus dies so caroline is like kind of living her the single life at this point she actually is a character on legacies she has not really been on legacies but she is nodded at many a time because she actually is very integral to the plot of the show
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was, I was, I was actually very pleased that they made her a vampire pretty early, mm-hmm. because I felt like I was gonna get annoyed with her being like the token human. So I was glad that that wasn't what happened. That's reserved for Matt. Ugh, that's <laughs> Matt. dumb. Did they, did they, <laughs> did they,
0: yeah, did they ever? Because Caroline's kind of in that same role early on. do they ever do anything with Matt? Does he ever get more interesting? No. <laughs>
2: Because <laughs> you had, you had the
0: scene and we we got to see the scene in season two when Matt's breaking up with with Caroline yeah right? yeah and it's like man this guy cannot get out of here fast enough no and they really are like 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 they want to get to her and Tyler together as a possible pairing yeah. and it's like we just gotta shuffle this this bland idiot off the stage as fast <laughs> as possible
2: he like ends up in a few other random relationships throughout the show um he ends up in a threesome with um rebecca who's part of the original family she and
1: klaus and elijah's sister
2: yes okay rebecca um, with a k yes rebecca with a k because it's old timey <laughs> <laughs> um and he actually at this point he's been on Legacies he is the sh- he is the sheriff of Mystic Falls at this point oh. and he's still living that his very he, yeah he's living a very <laughs> vanilla life he I think he hates vampires still at yeah. some point that happens it never really goes away um you know those prejudices gotta come from somewhere
1: yeah I like I the, the show didn't go in the directions I thought it was going to so I did appreciate that about it um but I think the thing for me that made it hard to watch is that, like, I just really don't appreciate the love triangle, and mm. I also think that the the love story isn't compelling. Like, Elena is honestly the most boring character on the show.
2: Oh, like for sure, she's the one I
1: don't care about the most, and so I'm just like, I don't like having to like deal with this. I also don't think that Nina Dobrev is a talented enough actress to play a dual role. <laughs>
0: All right, well, I'll say this for, for Nina Dobrev. <laughs> I don't, yeah, her her chemistry with with. with Mostly, everyone is not great, but whenever she's on screen as as Elena or Catherine, I I never for a second unless the show was like trying to confuse me. Yeah. I always knew which one it was. That's true. She does a good job of I don't know exactly what she's doing or how she's doing it, but she does a good job of embodying those two as separate people, very I clearly.
2: Agree. Yeah, I agree. I and that's
0: important because the show cannot work if that's not if that's not happening.
2: Yeah, I think Catherine is one of the strongest characters that the show has. Um, and there's actually a lot of um, discourse as well over what happened to her character. Um, but I think Nina did excellent with Catherine in making her like this like juicy like villainess. And then she did a good job being a – as. In one episode, Catherine describes her as dull as dishwater, and I agree. Um, so she did a really good job at making that character very dull. Um, I, you are not alone in thinking that she was the least favorite character on that show.
0: Have you read any of the books at all? No. Okay, because I'm curious if it's like a Bella Swan thing, to go back to Twilight for a second. Because in the movies, Bella is kind of like, you know, a little bit bland as well. But, but that's because in the books you're seeing the entire world through her, her point, point of view, of view and yeah. her narration is kind of like oh it's kind of like you know it's kind of a little bit dry and sarcastic it's kind of like it's got a real nice, nice nice character to it but it's all internal so like if you just see her actions and her outward expression it comes across as very just boring and flat so I'm curious if it's maybe because I think it's I think it's probably I think it's fair I would say to associate this show with Twilight to some degree mm-hmm. because this came out the show came out I guess like a Four or five years after the books first started coming out, and like one year after the movie mm-hmm. came out, so I think it's.
1: It was at the height of the vampire. Yeah, thing we were all sort was. of in a
0: vampire, mm-hmm. and I guess True Blood had been out for a few years. Oh, yeah. this show strikes me as maybe just a better version of True Blood, because I've tried to watch True Blood once, and and it's like, it just it's so, it's so boring, <laughs> but it's like because I mean, it seems like it should be more interesting and pulpy and fun because it's HBO and they can do swears and 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 mm-hmm. and you know. And sex, sex and
1: nudity, and
0: and violence. But in 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 the Vampire Diaries, Elijah knocks a dudes' head off in his first episode, like it's on awesome. screen. And it's great. <laughs> yeah. uh, and, and this show also, the episode. same way True Blood did, to my knowledge, anyway. I didn't watch it for long. Introduced other, uh, you know, mystical characters. Mm-hmm. But even I don't know, it just didn't really click for me the way this show. You know, even though it's got the restraints of being on a network. I don't know, it works. Yeah, I think maybe maybe there's something to be said for there being restraint there that forces them to, you know, think more carefully about what they're trying to do.
1: I think, um, like, I think the show definitely like took some time to find its feet, because um, I definitely found the second season much more compelling mm-hmm. than the first season episodes that we watched, um, and I think a lot of that was sort of the original's plot being thrown in there, which, as discussed, I think like that's that's the show in this in this universe that I'm probably gonna watch, let's be honest. (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, it's just a matter of time. We'll Um, get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. But yeah, like once once I like got to know other characters and could stop caring about uh Elena (laughs) or like stop caring about Elena as like in relation to Stefan and Damon. Mm -hmm. Because like the the scenes with Elena and Catherine together I actually think are very interesting and compelling. Um, And even the scenes with, like, Alina and her, like, aunt, who I was actually very sad about losing. Mm -hmm. I was very surprised to be sad about it, but I was. (laughs) Um, Mostly because I actually really like Alaric as a character. Oh,
2: yeah. Alaric's a great character. (laughs) And I was
1: surprised to like him as much as I did. (laughs) Um, So... Well, Je- they
2: never bring Aunt Jenna back, too. That's, like, it's one so of the upsetting. things. Like, in a show where they bring almost everybody back at some point,
1: sure. they
2: never actually bring back Aunt Jenna because... And she died a
1: vampire. Right. So, well, like, they
2: could. They, they could, and I think uh, they had, like, wrestled with that because in later seasons, there's there's discovery of what the other side is for supernatural characters. And it's not heaven and it's not hell. It's actually this like middle ground that exists within our plane. But it's like them, like. What do you mean? <laughs> it's
0: not no no we're not doing this i'm not talking about loss
2: right now it's like they could be like sitting right there watching what we're doing and then like there's a door to get back from it so like they bring a bunch of characters actually back from that plane <laughs> and aunt jenna is never one of them hmm. at, along with lexi because what they decide is that these two like really great Do good we at really heart meet lexi? um I don't know if I gave you an episode with Lexi because there is a... You meet her early on in season one, but Damon kills her immediately. But she's Stefan's best friend and she's a vampire, but she's she's good. She's a good person. And they bring her back through flashbacks throughout the show, but never in like real time uh, because they want... They want people to move on and to be able to actually mm-hmm. like find happiness and peace which they do bring full circle in the very end of the show uh when Stefan does die they you see like what you know peace is for him and that's with lexi you know driving off being best friends and you know waiting for his brother to die eventually it's it, oh,
0: it- sorry no it is lost i take it back it is, it is lost. i apologize to, to kelsey Um. Lost is good Lost, now there's a show (laughs) that was not built to go on forever you can tell because when they're trying to spin their wheels the show is terrible and when they reset the end date it gets good again that's what I mean when the people making this show had a very specific set of skills (laughs) and they applied them very well it's just two different ways of making TV and this one is kind of it's it's weird because it's kind of going out of fashion but also not because every new show now is either extremely procedural or completely serialized for no real reason. And getting any Netflix show is like, you know, usually about maybe four hours of content spread out over 13 hours and it's just, everything suffers for it. Uh, And it makes me wish that this was still a a prominent mode of storytelling on TV. I guess, I don't know, I guess the legacies are still on, so it's still... It's carrying the torch forward.
2: Well, it's funny you say that because Legacy is actually, in its first season at least, was procedural. Oh, no. Um, Yeah, they wanted to explore even more supernatural characters. So it's actually kind of like supernatural in that every episode introduced a different kind of supernatural being. And the way... Because I was very wary of it going in because I learned and have been with this world where only vampires, werewolves, and witches and versions of those existed, but never anything else. But they kind of, like, made up this whole convoluted plot where other kinds of supernatural beings exist. um, And that's because people's memories were wiped of them. Interesting. Hmm. Yeah.
0: That sounds like a bit of... A lot of legwork to get there, but I'm not against that concept.
1: Me neither. I'm, I like I, lo- I like a like a random supernatural character, like something super deep cut. I'm yeah, into that. I, they I'm,
2: brought that on, so yeah. it's... Like, do you watch Lost actually, Girl?
1: Lost Girl's I, a great show. I, I actually
2: <laughs> um, have watched Lost Girl because I used to work for the sci-fi channel. Oh. <laughs> so that was on during that time. Um, but yeah, no, it was kind mm-hmm. of like that-esque of just like these really random Supernatural creatures that they were trying to just fit in because they wanted to have fun with it.
1: I don't mind a procedural. I do like a procedural with like a sort of overarching season long plot as well. I, I'm
2: not against procedurals. Yeah. I just
1: feel like
0: there's there are shows that could be procedurals that aren't. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, I can't think of an example right now. Um, so maybe that's, that's not a good point to make. <laughs> but I mean, you know, there are shows with, with the premises that they sort of stretch well beyond their means in terms, in, in, you know, in, in the goal of making it like a long, bingeable just block of content that you just sort of have to sit down and, and spend a whole weekend just sort of taking in. Uh, whereas a show that has, a, you know, a, every episode has its own story, maybe a little bit undervalued nowadays. I don't know. I'm, I'm sort of talking across purposes here. What I'm saying is I, I c- kind of like the sound of this Legacies show. <laughs> I might have to take a look at this. Same. Because I've always, I've, I've never had a show I've been really invested in that's had spinoffs, mm-hmm. like like a lot of spinoffs anyway. Maybe Happy Days as a kid, but I don't know, you know. I think for people
1: Barbie- Hadn't been into a show that has been on. Yeah, and I've always really <laughs> liked
0: that concept. That I don't know, it's such a specific TV thing. And I, I can't wor- even
1: think of a. And I
0: worry that that's also going away because now the entire thing is, everything is part of like a larger branded universe, universe. of content that's like developed as an idea of like, well, it's going to have all these different elements to it, and it's going to be you know multiple strands of this the same narrative like doled out in different places, which I guess is probably I probably shouldn't. Paint that as negative two episodes after talking about Southland Tales and how great it is. but <laughs> uh, Yeah, I don't know. It's good. Uh, it's, 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 uh, I mean, do you like Legacies?
2: I enjoy it. Um, I will definitely watch the second season when it premieres and we will probably watch it on a weekly basis. Um, it's definitely, like, not anything like The Vampire Diaries and the love that I feel for The Vampire Diaries, but I still am invested in that world after all these years. So, yes. What
0: what do you think it is that makes you love The Vampire Diaries so much, aside from your your background of just being a a total vampire weirdo?
2: (laughs) Thank you. I mean, fair. Um, I guess I just, I latched onto it at, like, a really good time, and aside from that, I also, besides the random Twilight make fun of community i was on live journal i also ran a very popular vampire diaries one for a while um and met like online friends through that i when i started actually writing post college i was hired by a website to write weekly reviews for the vampire diaries at one point i think i just like it it, like feels like my baby kind of thing and I also just, I got very invested in a lot of the characters, especially the originals. I was like head over heels in love with Elijah for the longest time. (laughs) Um, And I think it's just that love of vampires, that love of genre, and then also doing things with it in my personal life that really cemented it.
0: Sounds like a very special, uh, unique connection you have with the show. Wow. This is, a, this is a good podcast. It's a good premise for a podcast. We're, we're, we're nailing it. I still haven't figured out how I'm going to work our new um, leftism narrative into this this episode. Do you have any ideas?
2: I mean, we could talk about the originals and yeah, the politics of the originals.
0: Because we're a leftist podcast now, as, as our <laughs> listeners will know, and so we have to get our politics. Um, no matter if even if the content in the episode is good, we have to make sure our politics are the right politics. Mm-hmm. So, if you have any suggestions, please.
1: <laughs> oh my goodness. I'm drowning here. um I think overall, like I actually was very pleasantly surprised with um, what the Vampire Diaries was because I don't think it was exactly what I thought it was. The love triangle was what I thought it was, mm-hmm. which but once I could move past that, it was very interesting. I also have a weird thing where I just I don't like in Summerholder's face. like it just really really annoys me so the fact that in this show he is um somehow for at least the first season and a half the most charismatic person on the show (laughs) i i think it's also like an age
2: thing like when i was 19 i thought ian sommerhalder was like the hottest guy i'd ever seen in my entire life and now at age 30 i'm like he's weird looking he's fine (laughs)
0: it's a great casting though because it is like it is a teenage like teenager's like idea of what a hot guy looks like yeah just like you know dark hair like a very intense brow sort of like a smoldering gaze but yeah now I see him it's like oh it's like someone tried to draw a really hot person (laughs) but they didn't actually like they'd never seen a human before (laughs) they're sort of basing off and I mean he's a good looking guy I'm just saying like the idea that he's like the hottest man in the world is, is kind of funny
1: I mean that's the other thing is like I don't think that him or uh paul wesley are particularly attractive um which like makes the whole thing kind of like
2: <laughs> <laughs> i i guess like also for me that was part of it is like out of everybody on that show i found like again elijah and klaus they were like Kla- they klaus were, is
1: fucking hot yeah they <laughs> were the hot
2: ones to me and i was like yeah i want to know more about them <laughs> oh no i
1: saw shit. klaus and i was like yes <laughs> It' just feel
0: like at that point in the show, the the writers were like, you know, what if we, we've had a few seasons of the show. What if we got, or I guess two seasons at that point. What if we did the same dynamic of like two brothers who are vampires and have like a dark history, but we tried to make them like interesting this time. <laughs> because, well, I mean, if you don't, if you're not like building an entire show, like to be carried by these two characters, you can do more with them.
1: Yeah. And then
0: when you get, when you have all this space of like 20 hours a year to play with, you can really like then explore those characters and make like, maybe sort of give them more weight to carry.
1: Mm-hmm. And also, like, with being, like, guest characters, like, you have the ability, like, when you're writing, to not have them totally fleshed out at the beginning. Like, so you can see how the dynamic fits with the rest of the characters and how that can help them grow and expand. Which I think Damon and and Stefan kind of suffer for because they kind of have to be who they are from the beginning. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah, I mean, when they first introduced Elijah, they had him as, like, just a one-off character that was one of Klaus's henchmen, and that was the plan for that him. And then they were like, oh, people are responding really well to him. And then they are like, let's just bring him back and see where this goes, and threw some darts at the board, and was like, a family of original vampires.
1: <laughs> and it works. Yeah, it works. And it works, yeah. I think the the compelling thing about the vampire, like, narrative is that it's like a curse but it's also like alluring in a way that like people want to be it um
0: it's the gift and the curse yeah
1: um in in a way that like i don't think anyone would say like being a werewolf werewolf is a gift you know like that's a curse
0: you get to go nuts and like tear shit up
1: you get to yeah that's
0: Mm. i mean this show being werewolf just means you're well not just but it means you're super strong all the time
2: Mm. i mean they also they have the hybrids and once klaus uh becomes the full on hybrid, he finds a way to make other hybrids. But unfortunately they're all sired to him, which means that they all feel like they owe him like their lives. So they're basically That's like how
1: he becomes king of New Orleans. Yeah. Well they're basic they're basically
2: like his little army, his little like robot army. And oh, Tyler man, I love Klaus. Tyler becomes one of them. Um yeah and it's like it's, like, the best-case scenario supernatural-wise because, like, you don't have, like, the innate hunger of the vampire because you're a wolf and that's, like, still only comes out once in a while. But also you get to live forever and be young and hot. And you then, right. But then, like, they add the part of, oh, but you're sired to Klaus. And if you don't want to be sired to him anymore, there's a whole storyline, too, about that.
0: Okay. So, I so, what, it. so, so, what, so what, he, so what many he does is he he forcibly inducts them into this world where they have to devote their lives to him, and he offers them benefits and goods <laughs> and material <laughs> well-being through through their service. But they have to like sign away basically their entire life. Yes. And, they, back and, and there's yes. and there's really no way out for them unless they want to do whatever this other thing is. And I don't know if that's going to fit into my narrative, so I'm going to ignore it for now. <laughs> Interesting. Very interesting. Almost reminds you of a certain other system of of existence that perhaps may be more than just the, the werewolf-vampire hybrids are, are subject to. Perhaps the thing we all know and experience every day. Folks, you hate to say it, it's capitalism. It's back. It's always here. It's always creeping around the corner. Because if it weren't for capitalism, maybe we could spend more of our lives watching the vampire diaries. Maybe we could all work four-hour work days and you know, four day of work weeks. Not because I could have watched the entire run of the show before we did this episode. That instead would have been great. Instead of, mm-hmm. <laughs> instead of 16 random episodes. Yeah. Not random, but you know.
1: Carefully chosen. Carefully
0: ch- curated episodes. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that, that's, 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 that's my pitch for this week. We should, we should, we should move towards socialism because it would give us more time to watch TV. <laughs>
2: I mean,
0: uh, <laughs> you
1: sold me. <laughs> oh, well, there we go. There we go. Okay, I mean, I'm for it. I'm for it.
0: Okay, now we can keep. Now we can keep our license. Okay, we can keep our leftist podcasting license.
1: <laughs> um, we,
0: we did our one episode uh, renewal.
1: I do think you're right about like this sort of format, this like so soap, soapy format, is like really lost nowadays. Like I, 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 not that it's been. It's been, like, two years since the show ended. But I'm, like... <laughs> I am like
0: I know, I'm talking about, like, this far ago time, like 2017, when television was an entirely different beast.
1: But I'm, like, struggling... All,
0: we had not yet seen Altered Carbon.
1: But I'm struggling to think of, like, a show like this, that has that same soap opera format. I,
0: I, I said this when you we were watching season one, but it feels like a show... This is going to sound even dumber than what... We were just saying. It makes but sense though. It feels like a show from about 5 years earlier. Yeah, it feels it like feels a show from like 2000s <laughs> CW show.
1: Yeah. Like I feel like it should have been on when like Gilmore Girls was on.
0: Right. Yeah, especially <laughs> like I guess the CW probably still does this, but the way I mean the, the pilot of The 100 is very much like this. The way it's like wall to wall pop music in the first few seasons. Mm-hmm. And they still do the weird like pop music score thing in the later seasons from what I see, but it's just less heavy-handed. But it's always like, well, we can hear you know, Enjoy the Silence by Depeche Mode. or Sorry, NXS. But it's not going to be the original version. It's <laughs> going to be a version sung by someone you've never heard of and will never hear from again. It just, I, I love the, did they, okay, was this still a thing when the Vampire Diaries was on where the CW would at the end of the show give you like a little, like like a few like cards on screen of like this episode featured music by so-and-so oh, yeah. and so-and-so. And so, did they do that? Yeah. I, I love that actually. They should... They should keep doing that. Yeah. I actually. But, wait, do they still do that? I don't watch anything I, on TV anymore. I
2: don't think they do. Um, like is
1: Riverdale soapy like this?
2: Mm. It is. But also like. I, I feel like Riverdale jumped the shark in like the first season.
1: <laughs> I did watch the first season of Riverdale. But I've not watched any of the That's other seasons. Same.
0: Yeah. I guess Riverdale is kind of a similar thing where it's soapy. And well, I don't know. Riverdale almost seems too self-conscious. Because so- Vampire Diaries has all has like the seriousness and the gravitas of like a story that's really committed and like sincere, but also it's goofy enough that you can also like sort of step back from it a little bit and enjoy it sort of on like a not a so bad it's good level, but you know what I mean. Like it's sort of a you know it's not it doesn't take itself too seriously. Well, but also it does.
2: I also feel like this lends itself so well to genre like supernatural shows, whereas Riverdale you're supposed to kind of think it takes place in a real world, but, like, Sabrina also takes place in the same world as Riverdale, so, like, you never really know if it's a supernatural thing waiting to happen, and...
1: Yeah, Riverdale feels very, like, uh... Cuspy, <laughs> like, like on the cusp of the supernatural.
2: But I don't like that because it's like, just do it. Just, yeah. just say they're like witches and whatever's happening in your world. Because if not, then the weird things that are happening don't make any kind of sense. And you can't explain it away very easily. And the reason why all these like teens are running around doing like really dangerous things. And it's not because they're any kind of supernatural creature. It's because they are in the mob.
1: <laughs> Jason did you like this show
2: Yeah I liked it I liked it I keep thinking
0: like Because I, I got to the end of the episodes we were signed I was like well I kind of want to know what happens so. <laughs> <laughs> Like I'm not as invested as I would have been If I'd been watching every episode of the seasons But like I, I'm kind of curious as to what, like, what happens next Because they keep They're very good at upping the ante Because you, you introduce Klaus And like oh Klaus is the biggest baddest guy of all but no, he's also running from somebody. And who's that? That guy's really bad. What's his deal?
2: It's his father. I know. <laughs> right, and now i like, who's
0: who that guy going to be running from? Anybody? Nobody?
2: His who wife. Oh, <laughs> uh, <no.
0: laughs> And they're, they're very good at that. In a way that doesn't, I mean, I've only seen roughly three seasons of it, but it doesn't feel repetitive. It just feels like we, they keep finding a way to like introduce new conflicts. Yeah, and
1: they're very good at and, and at like creating these characters that are like, morally like like they're 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 good at turning characters like in a way that you like are but no one is like good which is also another thing i love about the hundred is like no one's good Mm -hmm. no one's a good guy (laughs) um and i like appreciate that as a, a sort of storytelling device that like no one's a good guy but no one's really a bad guy either like they all have something that is interesting that makes them the way they are and that that's just good characterization.
0: Um, did you like the show, Kelsey?
1: I did like the show. Like I said, I think I'm gonna enjoy the originals more than mm-hmm. this this Foundation show. But I appreciate that I now have the Foundation. Exactly. Um, and I am like sort of interested in what happened. One thing I'm very much interested in is like, are they in high school for all eight seasons?
2: <laughs> no, they go to college.
0: Nice. They
2: <laughs> they take them to college, which is another like weird travel situation because are they in Mystic Falls because they go to this college which at some point caroline is like i'll just be three hours away and then b- by episode it's gets closer and closer to mystic falls to so like now it's like literally just like in over falls. yeah it's like at
1: least on fronica mars they're like no hearse college is in neptune yeah
2: it's because at some point mystic falls becomes um no supernatural creature can enter it without Ooh. dying pretty much and so like the whole college thing is almost like its own little trope there, because that makes it easy for all the supernaturals to get out of town because they just go to college.:
0: mm. <laughs> Aaron, before we, before we release you from this, this prison <laughs> of, of speech, is there anything you've already touched on a few of these things, but I'm deeply curious. Is there anything else, any really good tales from the fandom you can share with us? Like, has there any, been really any, like any particular moments of discourse that really stuck with you?
2: I think the Claroline uh, discourse was probably the biggest thing because um, in season four, Klaus and Caroline do hook up. They have sex in the woods while Catherine is dying. And <laughs> it happens <Sure>. once. yeah. <laughs> it happens one time. And then he goes back to New Orleans because this is right around the time that they introduced the spinoff. And then off of that one-time sexual relationship, built this, like, Fandom within a fandom. Oh yeah, and it you couldn't go online and research anything about the Vampire Diaries without Caroline mm-hmm. being the focus of it, and fans yelling at the actors, the creators, the writers oh, that's e- that's about Caroline yeah. and only about Caroline. And then, yeah. as a fan service, at the end of the Vampire Diaries, Klaus like writes Caroline this like letter on this like parchment paper where i'm like where the (laughs) hell does one get parchment paper and like this like and he and he basically you know, says that he'll always love her and gives her parenting advice because they both have children now. <laughs> and and then he donates all this money to start the Salvatore boarding school.
1: Oh, and then we get legacies. And
2: then you get legacies.
1: So did the originals and vampire diaries end at the same time?
2: No. So the originals went on for like one or two more seasons so after ended the like vampire. Last year? Yeah. Yeah, it was like last year. Um and that was one of I to me that was one of the worst endings of any show which I can you know go into but it basically ended in like a dual suicide and I am (laughs) never one for suicide as a a trope in any kind of tv show I think it's like such a cheap thing to do in a television show but um yeah it so Klaus donates all this money before he dies at the end of the originals which so his daughter can go and, you know, have a good life and learn from the best supernaturals out there.
1: Alaric. <laughs> Alaric. Alaric. Who
2: is a human by the time Legacy starts anyway, so.
1: isn't he a human? Does he become a vampire? He becomes... Does he get cured?
2: He becomes a vampire, <laughs> then he gets cured, uh, <laughs> then he dies again, then he comes out. It's, you know... As oh, one does on this show. Wait, what? Oh, man.
0: Sorry, one question. I'm going to be mad at myself if I don't ask this. Our friend Dave, friend of the podcast, a future guest, uh, he described The Vampire Diaries as a. And he loves the show. I think he watched the entire <laughs> series. I'm sure he did, actually. Uh, <laughs> he, he described the show as a delivery mechanism for, the, for a scene where characters are in their car, they're in the town, and there's they're in high school, there's vampires in the town, they're driving, and the song Everybody Talks by Neon Trees is playing. <laughs> is that an actual scene in the show? And if so, do you remember when it is?
2: That seems so familiar. <laughs> and I would... Whenever that song came out is when I'm going to guess that happened. So, what was it? Like
0: 2010? Two, oh, like 2010. Yeah,
2: 2010. I'd say that it probably happened within like season four, season five maybe. That I just... Or they...
0: Or oh, sorry, minor correction. Dave is a once-in-future guest. <laughs> I misspoke there. Dave has been on the show before, and shall return. Are you Are you looking it up? Yeah. Okay. Are you Are you on the Everybody Talks in Popular Culture section? <laughs> yeah, here. Very it's nice. not. A, it,
1: it does not say
2: that wow. it was here. Well, wow. it seems like it would have happened. Yeah, I
0: think even based on what I've seen in the show, even if it's not literally a scene, and if Dave is listening thing right now, he is probably pretty annoyed at this <laughs> so, sorry dave um but it, it really captures a lot of the spirit of the show i feel like i mean
2: we still have a spin-off where it could happen in so true. <laughs> there's a whole
0: catalog of neon tree songs <laughs> to incorporate into the world of vampire diaries
1: oh, man. this is fun
0: yeah aaron do you have anything else you want to say about the vampire diaries or culture in general i guess yeah.
2: <laughs> no i thank you for letting me speak on something yeah. i know way too much about
1: i have I have one last question because we didn't actually do pitch time this episode.
0: Oh, no, we didn't. Um, well, pitch time is like our stand in, like usual guest. Yeah. Pitch time is like our standing appointment, whereas, like, when we have an actual human guest, yeah. pitch time sort but of I, stands in the corner. But
1: I have a pitch time question. Okay. So you said you're, like, a little bit iffy about legacies, right? Mm-hmm. If you could have a spinoff mm-hmm. of The Vampire Diaries, what would the premise be?
2: Uh, well, my original spin off that I really really wanted was the originals but it didn't completely go in the direction I wanted to but had it gone more in a direction that I wanted to, wanted it to go to it would have been a bit more adult themed um taking some of like that true blood like fluidity of vampires and explored that like you can't just tell me that all vampires are straight not a lot of queerness yeah no like i really always (laughs) saw elijah as a queer character that they never really they he always was with a woman no matter what and i was like that just doesn't seem right and like there's no way that klaus and him living for so damn long, like Klaus, didn't.
1: Klaus is pa- a pansexual if I've ever seen Well, him.
2: I mean, that's <laughs> a, and maybe I, did, I, that's another thing I forgot <laughs> about is the, it, this really never sparked anything more than a, like a very close friendship. But Stefan and Klaus, oh my God. God, for sure, they, <laughs> they had to have, yeah. <laughs> because they, like, introduce it, like, very subtly, but, like, nothing more than, like, platonic friendship. Um, but, yeah, it would have been just a little bit more adulty, and then they wouldn't have gone the trope route of, like, having these characters, like, kill themselves to, you know, save the world or save the people they love kind of thing. Yeah.
0: Mm. yeah. So, so, so your, your, your preferred spin-off would have been the original is done better. Good answer. Yeah. Well, Aaron, thank you again for coming on the show. Thank you. We really appreciate it. This is a good conversation. Thanks for sharing. Thanks for sharing this show with us. (laughs) We like it.
1: Yeah. We like
0: it. Special thanks to Bout of the Weeping Willards. Piece of their song "Outside in the Rain" from their self-titled album, available on Bandcamp
1: and special thanks to Carly Sussman who designed our logo you can find her work at carly-rose.com
0: if you like our show tell a friend subscribe subscribe
1: or just you know listen to it or just keep listening that's <laughs> also it. fine you don't
0: have to it doesn't have to be a call to action every time you can just have a good time listening to us talk
1: yeah
0: as we always say go, go to, to therapy. therapy that was good I like the way you said it I'm going to say more like that from now on okay. that was good they yeah. wish I would Go ahead and fuck my life up Can't let them get to me And even though I always fuck my life up Only I can mention me They wish I would Go ahead and fuck my life up Can't let them get to me And even though I always fuck my life up Only I can mention me, only I can mention me.
2: I can mention me. Why would right you say
0: Why would you say something so so controversial and yet so true?
2: <laughs> Please don't put that on there because <laughs> then the Scientologists are going to find me. Uh, I would
0: hate for that to be like they, they they comb through all the media until they get to our podcast <laughs> and they're like this is these are people We have to oppress now. You
2: would really be surprised if they
1: weren't doing that. Oh, <laughs> no. They probably have someone locked in a room That's just doing so, that. I feel like you must be piece
0: so